This is the Three Skeevers Podcast. All right, episode four of the Three Skeevers Podcast with Grim from Grim's Forge Gaming and myself, Icy, from Icy Fire Gaming. How you doing, Grim? Good. How are you? Pretty good. You know, they, they say that your parents are your number one fans, and I can actually say that's true because I spoke to them over the this past week, and my mom and dad are both subscribed to our channels, and they actually listen to the podcast. So, hey, hey, mom, well, hey, dad. Hello, mother, father. Glad you're listening. <laughs> um, so, this podcast, we're going to talk about the IC event that just finished up, and also the serial changes and the patch notes for update 28 would you like to start with your experience grim with the ic event that just finished up i'd say the imperial city event that we just did like um for those of you that had participated in mid-year mayhem we've seen such a drastic change in functionality or responsiveness of the game just from mid-year mayhem till now and um, it's just whatever's going on in in the game, it's not just relegated to PvP zones. Like there's lag in Craglorn, there's lag in the world, gap closers aren't working in open world, just like abilities aren't working and it's just very frustrating. But anyways, um, there were times where you would deal with abilities not working and not being able to bar swap and uh, two-minute load screens and crashing, just all these things. Um, I don't know. It wasn't enjoyable for me. So it was fun to go out with uh, the guild that I was with and the people that I was with, but everyone was saying the exact same thing, like, what are you doing with the game? like right now like gap closers are not working and you can't bar swap and here you give us these brand new frost staff changes so it's very frustrating um i don't know that was my take on the event <laughs> what about you well i did i enjoyed the event in the beginning running with mighty toxicity and northhold and the first, I think it started on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I think the first three days for me were pretty good. And to your point, a lot of the guys were complaining in terms of their gap closures not working, all that type of Execute. stuff. Executes. I that that was probably the most vocal complaint or observation from my end that I've hear, I've uh, I've heard people talk about but for me I, I did enjoy the event in the for the first couple days but then after Sunday and the whole event I think is about 2 weeks it just kind of felt exhausting because we usually run 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 the sewers every day for the most part and with the event going on and all of these zerg groups running around constantly it just kind of got a little bit frustrating but i get it it's the event i would i think i would much rather it be a weekend thing where say it starts friday 10 a.m ends monday 10 a.m and it's just pure chaos for four days 
and then we just go back to normal. But just having it having it for a two week thing seemed it sounds awesome in theory, but it's just so much that you kind of lose steam after having all this excitement in the first couple of days to the point where we were playing a different game completely. And I was having a lot of fun on Smite, I'll say it. And <laughs> and then I, I really didn't go in the ice in the sewers too much during the event until our guild run on Saturdays. We did that for a little for a couple hours and then same thing back on smite the next day and waiting till the event's over till we can go back to just the normal routine so yeah and even when it's the normal routine it's just us or just small group stuff and no one else is down there like yeah one bar population why are executes not working why are gap closers not working you know why are we not able to bar swap and i don't I'm no programmer. I don't know much about anything, but what I do know is that the game has drastically been regressing or falling apart. And so I talked to a couple programmers. I said, here's what I think. I think I'm just guessing that funds have not been allocated properly. And there used to be incremental updates or incremental changes or fixes to things even on a weekly basis i remember a time when this was wrong they fixed it they were working on it the next weekend you know there was a four-hour maintenance and they were fixing it we don't have those anymore and i don't some people might say well covid like how long has covid been going on and everybody's working from home and that's their excuse that they're working from home like you should have a system in place at this point to still uh, if 90% of the game's going to work. Would it be acceptable that they only get 90% of their ESO membership? Like, no. Like, 90% of the game's working right now, and people are still paying 100% of their ESO Plus membership. And it's very frustrating. I canceled my ESO Plus membership. Um, you know, I'd, I'd actually quit the game a week ago, two weeks ago, and the only reason I came back was to you know, play with you guys. And um, there were people from the U from the YouTube channel that, you know, were job dropping into Discord and wanted to hang out and play. And so that's literally the only reason I came back because I'm just extremely frustrated with this company. And anyways, I was talking to these code writers or these uh, developers and stuff. And I said, here's what I think's going on. Every time something new comes out in the game, um, a new patch or a new, you know, Gray Graymore, then Stonethorn, then whatever was before Graymore, like these things are dropping, and we still like gap, gap closers haven't been working properly that long, you know, four or five months. Executes, it's kind of gotten to a point now where it's happening to more and more people executes uh, like across the board aren't working uh regularly maybe 50 percent, not even 50 percent of the time if we went and we asked 10 people and um so i asked these guys like here's what i think's happening i think they keep pushing out new content not addressing the old content and one of the uh code writers he had said this this is not a code writer for zoss or anybody like that he's just a code writer in general and he said, well, what you're describing sounds like regression testing. 
I don't know what regression testing is. And if you don't know re what regression testing is, but let me read the definition so you at least know what it is. But regression testing is rerunning functional and non-functional tests to ensure that previously developed and tested software still performs after a change. If not, that would be called a regression. Changes that may require regression testing include bug fixes, software enhancements, and configurations, changes, and even substitution of electronic components. And so what he was referring to was a new patch comes out, or a new class comes out, or new abilities come out, or new armor sets come out, and while we're testing the functionality of the new armor set, the new class, the new everything to make sure it functions within itself, how does that code interact with all the pre-existing code? And so he said that sounds like part of the thing. And then also what you're describing sounds a little bit like software rot. And so I don't know what software rot is or software uh, erosion. And so let me read the description of that but software rot also known as bit rot or code rot or software erosion software decay or software entropy is either a slow deterioration of software quality over time or it's diminishing responses responsiveness that will eventually lead to software becoming faulty unusable or in need of upgrade this is not a physical phenomenon the software does not actually decay, but rather suffers from a lack of being responsive and updated with respect to the changing environment in which it resides. And so he said, that's kind of what you're describing is they have new patches and new things and new armor sets and new stuff coming out. Um, but even the most simplest of things like a gap closer that was implemented five years ago, has stopped responding or is not functioning properly or not working and then he finally ended too with another thing and he was talking about the reason for upgrades and so i looked this up for myself to kind of get a, a better under a better understanding of when and where and why would you need to upgrade your servers right because that's the first thing on the tip of everyone's tongue right now zos just needs to upgrade their servers what exactly does that mean and why? And so I, I basically just did a search on why do you need to upgrade your servers? And I found this thing by Dell Technologies, which most of the points, there's like five points, most of the points may or may not have anything to do with this situation, but the one that did, I'll read it to you. Relative server performance declines over time as costs increase. On average, server performance erodes by 14% annually. By the fifth year, a server has only 40% of the performance it had when it was new. Lower performance and higher failure rates increase unplanned downtime by 20% annually. At the same time, higher maintenance costs require additional investment in aging systems. And so what... I think is happening and why it's not even on the table right now. They're not saying, you know, they're not even saying, you know, let's upgrade the servers. They're either saying, look, you guys are going to take these global cooldowns or this Hail Mary that we're trying to figure out other ways to make this work, to keep hold it together. 
you know they're not even saying that it's time for a server upgrade and we're going to inconvenience everybody with a week of downtime or however it works i don't know you know but on average server performance erodes by 14 percent annually by the fifth year a server has only 40 percent of the performance it had when it was new we're in year six right now going into year seven on this game and we're operating at 40 or 50 percent performance that explains a lot that explains a lot of what between that that i found 40 percent performance yeah i have i i can totally see that regression testing we're adding all this new stuff and we're not exactly sure how it's coinciding or affecting old stuff i can see that and then software rot which is part of the the other one but um so anyways talking to a couple different people this is kind of what i come to is why are gap closers that have been in the game certain gap closers or executes why are they not working right now why is bar swapping not working and why are these things well it's because the servers themselves are operating at 40 percent capacity and i don't think that they allocated the funding properly to make the jump to a better server i think that they've been taking funding and putting it towards the next new shiny thing that they can get more funding on you know more money coming in they put the money towards the crown store and development of that they put money towards you know the stone thorn and graymore and things like that but they haven't put it towards actually making the game work and so I, i'm extremely frustrated i'm going off on a rant here but i'm extremely frustrated when i see like nephis i like nephis uh you can find nephis on youtube but nephis um it's nephis qs okay n-e-f-a-s-q-s on youtube and he just did you know a couple videos and one of them says don't panic you know update 28 combat preview and i'm extremely frustrated when these guys are proposing changes to frost staff and how we can make them more viable and how we can make them you know what changes we could do to major and minor uh buffs and and hey don't worry but we're adding group queue back to uh battlegrounds I don't care about any of that. Fix your game. Make gap closers work. Make bar swapping work. Make potions work. Make streak not rubber band. Get rid of the get rid of the uh crashing. Get rid of all this stuff that shouldn't be in here. Stop doing everything that you're doing and fix your game. Fix your game. And that's just the biggest frustrating thing about are they, are they even playing the game or do they just have a piece of paper laid out on the wall and they're like this is how we're going to do these are exactly everything that we're going to do this year you know this is this is what we're doing this year we're we're going to go through and just blindly do these things and on to the next because first quarter of next year we got a next big thing coming out that even eso plus members have to pay for and so um I'm just very frustrated with this company. And that's why I started playing Smite because Smite started the same year as ESO and they're not having problems, performance problems and stuff like that. They're exactly where you should be year six or year seven in. We're just working on balancing gods. We're working on balancing gear sets. We're adding or subtracting things that are working or not working, you know? 
we're not like if I were to play smite and I picked a God and the number one button didn't work on that God, like you couldn't use that ability. That's a problem. That's a big problem. And that's exactly what's happening in ESO right now. And I have like, the thing about it is this, all of this stuff I'm talking about, not being able to bar swap, not being able to execute, not being able to gap close. I notice this a lot. And I think a lot of other people are just now noticing it because you know, then it clicks with them. They're like, oh yeah, you know what? Now that I think about it, maybe that's why I have to hit my gap closer four times. I thought it was just me. No, the thing's not working. You know, I'm dying in BGs because I can't bar swap to my back bar to heal. I literally am stuck on my front bar and I just run until I die. And it's just stupid. And I, you try and be positive and put out positive con uh, content and fun content with something that's um broken and just not working right and we're six or seven years in so that's my rant <laughs> hey guys i'm still here <laughs> but do you think that the content that we put out the i guess the positive content as much as we like the game you think that's kind of artificially masking the problem should we just be putting content out that's talking about all of these issues until they actually do something? You think that would be the appropriate way to go about this? Or that would just be too negative? Like, okay, all these guys do, they just they just talk about how bad the game is and all that stuff. Because ESO, it's such a big game where there's the PvP portion. Like, within PvP, you have Cyrodiil, which is its own thing. Imperial City, Imperial Sewers, Dueling, BGs. Those are four or five different areas that you can do within PvP. And then you also have the PvE portion. Trials, Dungeons, just regular RP, solo adventuring. Then you also have Housing, just people who just want to do that. You also have Guild Traders who just want to do that, who don't even have to do any of the other things that I mentioned before. There's, there's so many different aspects to the game that I feel like the part where we're having a lot of the issues on the PvP side that, yeah, we can say all the PvPers drop their subscriptions. Okay, great. We're not going to reward bad behavior anymore. You still got the whole PvE community that love the crafting bag so much that that's pretty much why the only reason why they still pay for it. I'm guilty of that. But they're still supporting Zoss with all that money. So at that point, could you make an argument? Maybe the PVE community is bigger than the PVP community. And then at that point, they guess they don't really care so much about the PVP community. Cause why would you, you have an IC event that just passed and you know, I'm, I'm speaking from like say August releasing the stone thorn, all these issues are come about. You're still going to release the event with everything going about. Yeah, And I know people always say, do you guys even play the game? And they will emphatically respond, of course we play the game. And people will back them up. Yes, they play the game. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> you don't see these. Every time a sorcerer streaks, whether it's in a PvP or PvE environment, they're going to rubber band. You yeah. don't you don't have a, a comment about that or a response do, to that? Just, do you not use gap closers? Do you not use executes? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's it's insane, and I and and to that 
to that uh, comment right there. I, I, I know I don't whenever I play my support, but even just yesterday, I switched to my Stam DK and I was running Shields Assault. It was good for about five minutes, and then I went into the next district, couldn't gap wheels at all. And that was probably my first true experience of getting a taste of my gap closer not working. And it sucked. For the, the entire time while I was in Memorial District, I could not gap close. And I thought to myself, I get it now when everyone's complaining about it. And I don't want to play this. This sucks. Yeah. One of my abilities that is part of my kit, the whole thing I built around where relies on that ability, can't use it anymore. Done deal. It's over. Yeah. And here's the thing, though. PvE community absolutely is b bigger than the PvP community. It is. Like, I don't know the exact numbers. I just truly... Would you, would you say 70-30 or 60-40? Probably. Probably. And and then it, the line is grayed because how many are PvEers but casual PvPers just to get their transmute crystals or, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. there's that. But... The, the biggest fear about these AOE testing and AOE proposed changes is they've got four possibilities, okay? Let's say in their mind they're going to go with one of those possibilities. Do you think that they're only going to relegate that to PvP zones? No, because there's lag in Craglorn. There's lag in Rothgar. There's, you can't use abilities in those places too. And and so these proposed changes that they're hoping for will eventually make their way into PVE as well. And I just, I don't, I can't imagine that they're going to want a game that has two separate rules for PVE and PVP. Like we already have this line in the sand where PVE is very crit based you know, and PvP is less built around crit, you know, and, and it's because of the way the damage works, uh, sustained damage versus burst damage and yada yada. But I don't think that they implement these one of these four changes from the AoE testing and it not apply to both PvE and PvP because the level of confusion for anyone that they... As a developer as or a person, if you own this game, would you not want PvEers to experience PvP in this game to see what it's about? Are you going to have a completely separate set of rules where you have global cooldowns that exist in PvP world and not in PvE? And Johnny has his rotation down awesome and he really likes PvE and he's going to start exploring PvP. And then what the heck is this? A global cooldowns? You know, like, I just don't, it's so strange to be six or seven years in, and this is what they're discussing right now. It gives me a complete lack of um, faith in the discussions. Uh, there's been a handful of other things, too, that have kind of led me to that point where a week ago or two weeks ago that I'd quit the game. Obviously, I'm back, and I'm making content and hanging out with people, but... I don't have to like it. <laughs> like I like hanging out with them, but I'm very frustrated with the state of the game. And it's just extremely frustrating 
it's very, very frustrating, the immense opportunity that they have or have had. I feel like it's um, a bait and switch, too, to be six years in. And, you know, they built this whole thing. Play the way you want. You know, put on whatever weapon you want. And you can be exactly who you want. And year six or year seven, they're like, well, time to add global cooldowns. You know, mm-hmm. that's the answer. Like that that's not the answer there's other answers and they they need to explore those adding global cooldowns isn't going to fix my gap closer is it it's not going to fix my ability to bar swap you know it's not going to fix executes so i just don't you know now all of a sudden my execute works because they changed frost staffs that's great so yeah it's a bit crazy how even though from me being on the support side of I, I from using all my abilities i don't experience all the things that you guys do because i don't run gap closers i don't run executes but it's so interesting and bizarre to me that because i hear a lot of people complain all across the board and despite all those complaints we all come back every single day to log in, run it down mid to Molog Ball or the districts, whatever, and we still play it. And I feel it's it sounds or seems like Zoss has kind of taken advantage of that. Because yeah. I, I, on one side, we don't have to come back, but we do. And we still yeah. log in and we still give them the numbers for whatever KPIs they're trying to reach. Yeah, because when it's working, when it when it does work, it's glorious, right? Oh yeah, but then it's quickly <laughs> it's quickly shot down when you're trying to do something and it doesn't work, and now you remember why you stopped playing or why you logged off early the other day. Yeah, so I'm so glad that we got these two guys uh, to within a sliver of their health, and we can't execute them. Yet their executes work. Yeah. Congratulations. And, you know, it's very frustrating. We went out to, we're trying to get transmute crystals right now. We go out to Cyrodiil where these testing, the tests are going on. And it is just an absolute shit show. It's it's terrible. And I remember thinking back in, when was the first announcement that these Cyrodiil changes were happening? Like June or July? Yeah, it was a while ago. And I thought, you know, this actually might be a good idea. I'm actually kind of looking forward to it because I think it might actually have an improvement on everything. And I was quickly proven wrong. And when you guys, when I think it was you and Papa the other day, you guys went to farm some transmute crystals. And I thought, oh man, I'm going to miss out and all this stuff, whatever. It wasn't even 10 minutes when all of a sudden you guys were just not having it with all of the horrible performance issues everything was going wrong and you could barely play the game and you were only there for about five six minutes yeah yeah we weren't there hardly any amount of time and even with the double ap not worth it not worth the level of frustration not worth trying to play a broken broken classes not worth trying to play classes that aren't necessarily broken that just aren't working you know, gap closers and executes and 
and uh, Papa died on a resource and couldn't use any abilities. Couldn't use any abilities. He's like, I'm going to freaking die and I can't do nothing. I can't, I can't use any abilities, you know? And it's just how, what's wrong with your game when that's a thing? So I don't know. I worry about, they need to prove to me that they know what they're doing coding wise. Like stop what you're doing. Fix gap closers that are already in the game. Stop what you're doing. Fix executes that are already in the game. Simple as that. Show me that you know what you're doing. You can do what you say you can do. You know, you're selling this product to people, you know, and it's not even a fully functioning product. That It's just mind-boggling. And you, I think you hit the nail on the head. There's so many people that people are creatures of habit. You know, and I know this from the gym industry. The hardest part of of gyms and training is getting the person to step through the doors, to actually come to your facility. And then once they come through the door at the facility and they kind of get past this intimidation factor and they get past the uh, sedentary uh, lifestyle to let's get active, let's get motivated, let's do something. Mm -hmm. When they come through the door, it's easier to get them to come back. It starts to feel a little bit more like home. It starts to become a habit for them. And so I know this to be true. Like that's how, so I don't watch TV. I'll watch series like Mandalorian. I'll watch, I'll watch series on television from time to time, but I don't watch TV. My habit is if I'm not training people, uh, I'm not working with clients, I'm not consulting, the way I like to relax is I play video games and I've played ESO since beta, took some time off, went to Smite. That's how I know about Smite and got some diamond uh, level characters in Smite. And then I came back to ESO and, but that's what I do. I'm a creature of habit and, you know, I, I enjoy PVP in games, the competitiveness. So I do think that they've taken advantage of that. There are, they're offering us a uh, unfinished product right now. And I think everybody's voice needs to be loud and clear. Fix your game right now. What you have right now, fix it. Don't throw any new changes at us. We're going to change majors and minors and frost staff and, you know, oh, but don't worry. After Stonethorn, we got, uh, you know, the Forge, you know, Blood Forge is coming or whatever the next thing around the corner is. Don't throw anything new at us. Fix what you got. Sounds like a great idea, but I think we both know whenever this update 28 comes through, there's still going to be rubber banding. You're still not going to be able to execute. <laughs> All these things are still going to be problematic. Right. I could I could almost guarantee you that we're still going to have the issues that we're having now. What? If, 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 if anything, it's going to be worse. Because they're, yeah. they're just compounding. Yes, that right there. You know, who's to say that the frost t staff changes don't ha aren't bugged or don't work properly? You know, and a lot of people will say, well, that's why you go onto the PTS. Um, there's just not a lot of people going to PTS into the PTS servers to do stress testing or anything like that. It's content creators going to figure out what the next best sets are going to be and how they function and things like that. So. Um, yeah. So instead, what they're doing is live testing, right? 
Like yeah. we're gonna we're gonna do these four different scenarios in Imperial City and or or Cyrodiil, and we're gonna offer you double AP to go there and subject yourself to it. Which I guess is probably not the best idea, but if it's their way to get some sort of testing done, since not a lot of people are going to PTS, or maybe come up with another way to incentivize people to go to the PTS. I'm not sure what that would be. Um, I don't know. You could probably offer transmute crystals or unique mounts or unique things, you know, to, uh, it, it's a, it's a considerable download, you know, to have the PTS server. Is it at least half of what the ESO live version is? It's probably more than that. Yeah. Okay. So, but not to rain on everybody's parade today that's listening. It's just voicing the frustrations with the current state of the game and what's going on. I don't understand why you're doing these testing. The You've got the, the um, we know that there's problems with the game and the bar swapping and the gap closing and the executing and the everything else and clipping through walls and all this crazy stuff. We we know this and abilities not working like cloak uh, stealth shadowy disguise was not working and uh, you immediately pop out and just all these weird things but we're going to do an imperial city event you know so everybody can come out and celebrate what you know like why we love the game no matter how bad it's performing (laughs) that right there i don't understand it at all it's terrible like you don't when your house is a mess you don't invite people over to it right yeah, you like, clean it up, you make it presentable. That's right. You don't invite people over to your house when it's a mess. You clean it up, you make it presentable, and then you invite people over so they can witness you in all your glory, you know? And so I don't understand why they did this Imperial City event with these problems, unless they were not known problems to them, which falls back to the whole thing that they don't even play their own game. Because if they played their own game, they'd know that there's rubber banding and gap closers aren't working and bar swapping isn't working and all these stupid things. You know, they would know that. They they wouldn't just rely on what people are talking about in the forums. Right. I would, I think I'd be alright with, because I've seen this in other games well, there say League of Legends, if there's some sort of crazy bug going on with this particular champion, they will remove that champion until that bug gets fixed from either the regular main client or just the professional LCS stuff that they do. But if streak or certain gap closes are all busted, I guess I'd be alright if they somehow disabled gap closing for that ability which would change the game drastically but if they took it out and then they were working on it for a day or two hey i could take a break from pvp and work on some other things not a big deal i don't really necessarily need gap closers in pve when i run dungeons or whatever i'd be fine with that but just fix it fix it I would rather have 24, 48 hours of no gap closing in order for you to fix it than 
the situation that we're in now where it's been what a solid month with these issues happening and they released an event and everything i don't know they're on they're on the clock you've got games coming out and even if it's not a year from now it doesn't come out but new worlds coming out there's other you know ashes of creation who knows what's going on with that and maybe that's two years from now but even games that are already out now that work yeah games that are already out now that work and the thing about it let's say new world is a year from now like it just did its beta testing and people are uh, jumping over to it uh, eso content creators are jumping over to new world eso content creators like dots are going to world of warcraft you know like they're on a, a timer here zoss is and ESO is on a timer here because even though that game might be a year from now, if they keep regressing or they keep not fixing their game and shoving new content down your throat, by the time that game comes out, everybody is going to be ready to jump. And that's the frustrating part is it is that I like this game a, a lot. When it works great, I love this game. We just don't get it to work often and so that's a problem when it does work it's great though um and so they're on a timer and i want to see how they handle when i saw these update 28 or whatever i now i'm listening to nephis talk about it it was just pissing me off jesus you know you're gonna give me frost staff changes you're gonna give me major and minor buff changes but don't worry everybody group bgs are back that's stupid that's stupid when you've got so many problems with the game. What is it? A what do magicians call it? Sleight of hand. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna show you something shiny over here, so you don't. So maybe you'll forget of all the existing problems that are going on now. Like that's because exactly right. I again, I can almost guarantee you, group BGs are gonna be great. But now instead of us <coughs> complaining individually that this sorcerer is streaking or rubber banding like crazy. Now we can complain together as a group because if we're together, friendship will always prevail. And who cares at that point? Because we're playing with our friends. Right. And what a silly, that's another, when we talk about all these different weird decisions that don't give me faith in the company. Um, I, I'm not normally this uh, negative, by the way. It's just my immense frustration with this company. But what a silly thing. This is an MMO, a massive multiplayer online extravaganza, you know, and we're going to get rid of group queues for battlegrounds. Hello. You got <laughs> solo in a multiplayer online game. Like that's just who I understand that people were complaining about, the, their go-to should not have been let's get rid of group queues their go-to should have been well we'll add a solo queue and we'll have to add a group queue done you know that should have been their go-to from the beginning and now that's what they're going to now you know after you know some testing or whatever and i understand that there were people saying well we can't win bgs because uh, these we're always going up against pre-maids and these pre-maids are so good or whatever. 
part of that comes down to the MMR situation, which is this gray area that isn't explained very well. And it's just the MMR matchmaker rating system. If you can find out exactly how the matchmaker rating system works for ESO, please share it. <laughs> share that link in the descriptions below or in the uh, comments below because it's such a gray area. But how's it going to work? That's another frustrating thing was they talk about, don't worry, Group Q's coming back. Well, I need you to explain to me exactly what that looks like. Um, if Grim Hollow, by the way, who's going to be on our next episode, uh, <laughs> but Grim Hollow is in uh, our our group, and we're a bunch of new PVPers. You know, what's what's that do to our MMR as a team? How are we matched up with other teams, or is it just a grab bag? Whoever gets matched up against whoever, you know, at least let us know. If you're going to party up, you could be facing any level group of MMR team, you know? Like, they need to spell that out, exactly what it looks like. And how, how do you raise your MMR? I can tell you this. I get this all the time. I'm doing Battlegrounds. I'm doing build testing. I'm testing all the various builds and how they function. And I'm doing kind of stress tests on the build. Like, I play overly aggressive, fight it down to, you know, I'm fighting down to zero resources and then see how well I can bounce back from it with this particular type build. And how does these ultimates hang in different scenarios and stuff like that? I get it all the time. People are like, well, this isn't impressive because, you know, he's 810 and look at the people he's killing and, and, you know, they're all low MMR. It's, I don't know how the system currently works right now, but I can tell you this, because I don't spend any amount of time on one specific character and I'm making gear for somebody, testing gear for somebody, and then releasing a build and then moving to the next. So that way I have content coming out and different builds and different classes for people to try. My MMR, when I come back to that person and that class hasn't raised. It's still the same, and I'm still fighting CP 128 and CP 88 and things like that. And it's not me; it's their system that they have in place. You know, should it should the MMR be more? Uh, should it be a calculation of their total hours played and their total hours played on that character or that class? You know, should it be something there? I don't know, but they need to talk about that and. I think it's it from watching your BGs and stuff between say professional versus Thanos. Professional's mm -hmm. been here for years. Thanos was just created yesterday. Right. And it almost sounds like it's character based. Right. So if you and for your for your example, you make new characters almost every month. So you're when you're doing these test builds on these new guys, you're always going to be with fresh new MMR going against whoever's at that level. Right. And and then it becomes, you know, all of the acquired skill or experience just playing line, you know, doing PVP in general versus 
newer players that they they just stepped into their first couple battlegrounds, you know. Right. And so I don't think that's fair, but that's just the way it is, you know. And I would understand it would make it very hard for me to create content, putting out new builds, and always having to be in the highest MMR. So I'm not going to complain too hard, but it, they at least need to spell it out for everybody so it's very clear exactly how MMR works and how that is going to work with grouping. Is it going to be the average of the highest and lowest in the group? Is it going to be the average of everyone involved? Is it going to be the highest person? And, you know, if whatever my MMR rank, if I'm just through the roof, like everyone that's in my group is going to be ranked accordingly. Is it going to be whoever the group leader is? You know, and then you'll have people with, you'll have the 88 CP person putting the group together, you know? So that way, you know, I, you and I can be in the group with them when we're just, you know, smashing. And so, but they still need to spell it out and not worry about people finding a way to exploit it. Just spell it out. And so that's, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, since we've been playing Smite for the last several weeks, maybe they could do it like that where MMR is based on your count, total games played or whatever, however they calculate it. <laughs> but then how Smite does it where, yeah, my MMR is what it is for my account, but each god that I play has a rank next to it. So if I have a rank 10 Aphrodite or Nox, you can you can tell, okay, this guy's been around the block. He's yeah. He knows the character pretty well because he's played that many games, which are quite a lot, to get to that level. I think yeah. something like that where, okay, this guy, he's, we'll just say Grimalo, he goes in there, his MMR is whatever it is, but he's got a max 10 Nightblade. Yeah, he's a diamond ranked he's Nightblade. A, yeah, he's a diamond ranked Nightblade. Okay, this he's guy. A 10 star diamond ranked Nightblade, you know? <laughs> right, and that would tell you very quickly okay, this guy knows how to play that class. But then, say you create Thanos and you bring him in. Okay, well, we know Grim has a high MMR, but his ranking with this class of, for this guy is a level one because you just created it yesterday. I think right. I think something like that would be kind of cool. Yeah. To help and, give people indicators of, okay, this guy's got experience, this guy not so much. Whatever. Yeah. And what level of uh, confidence do you have? Do you have that they would implement that system? It makes sense. What level of confidence do you have that they would do that when we just got group BGs back or we're getting it back? Right. You know, like. I feel like that's just light years from where they're at right now. And um, I don't know. I hey, don't but before we even get there, just fix the game, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want group BGs to be back. I, I want group BGs to be back. But if they had to stop everything that we just read in Update 28 and just fix the game, I'd take that. You know, right. Um, another weird thing too is this. So Graymore, um, Graymore was. You look at the trailer and it's like this, you know, vampire 
apocalypse. It's the coming of vampire and vampires getting a rework. And when I look at that, this is exactly what I just envisioned from that whole situation with Graymore. The team for vampire people, you know, they had a group of people that were working on vampires. You okay. We want to make vampire a playable, basically subclass or class. Okay. And then they were like, but if we just focus on vampire, there's going to be so many people that complain that werewolf doesn't get the same love because we know that there's a problem with werewolf right now. The buffs are falling off once you're in werewolf form and in turn making you weaker as a werewolf. Right. And so they put a team together, team vampire, and they put a team together, team werewolf. And they said, okay, we want you to come up with ideas to make werewolves and vampires great again. Make them something to truly be feared on the battlefield. Come back to us in a month or whatever, you know, however long. Team Werewolf uh, comes to the table with all their changes. Team Vampire comes to the table with all their changes. And, t and the person that's running the um, meeting says, okay, Team Vampire, let's hear what you got. And so the person stands up and they've got their board behind them. They're like, okay, here's what we propose. We want cost increases across the board for every regular ability. <laughs> all right. And you take more fire damage. Okay, how cool does that sound? And then here's the abilities, which ended up not being a lot of the abilities are not abilities that you could build a class around, right? Like you wouldn't fill your whole bar with vampire abilities for the most part. They're just not that good. And then some of the abilities are also animations that were taken that were already in the game. So it was like minimal effort to make this ability that nobody's going to use anyways, you know? So they come to the table with all these crazy cost increases for any ability outside vampire. They have all these abilities that for the most part people don't aren't viable to use, but you get a cost decrease if you use them, you know. And then there was some complaining about the vampire ult being very similar to the necro um you know, colossus or bone giant, you know. Yeah, the Goliath. Yeah. The Goliath, the Bone Goliath, like animation being somewhat similar and things like that. The vampire ult, when you're going into it and coming out of it, you are rooted and you, you can't you CC yourself. You CC yourself when you're transforming. And so they go through this whole proposal about increasing flame damage and regular ability costs and stuff like that. And the guy's like interesting okay and then he looks over at team werewolf and he says what do you guys got and they're like well we want to make some minor tweaks to the different abilities but basically any passives that you might be missing going into werewolf we just want to make sure you have access to those and so we're going to attach this passive to this we're gonna we don't want you to use lose major brutality or major sorcery while you're in werewolf we're going to attach it to this and they just went through and systematically fixed the shortcomings of werewolf and now everybody's like werewolves are broken werewolves are probably working exactly as they should have in day one if you're going to be in this ultimate you know mm -hmm. and so <laughs> i just think that that's so interesting and it makes me lack i have I lack but, faith in the yeah, company. Right. 
when decisions like that and it went live the vampire changes they they came back off of some of the changes you know like the regular ability costs or the flame damage but there's very few reason there's very few reasons in the game right now to be a level 4 vampire like you're literally hurting yourself doing it right you're hurting yourself doing it so how, and this was supposed to be the vampire you know i i'm I don't care either way, by the way. I'm not pro-vampire or pro-werewolf. I'm just pro-have-fun. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. and right now, werewolf's way more fun than vampire. <laughs> Especially since you can't bar swap. Might as well play something that doesn't require you to swap at all. If you're going to be stuck on one bar, you might as well be a werewolf and and then just hope your gap closer and your heel work. You know? Yeah. that I've literally said that. We've been running around, run into a group. I die because I can't bar swap or can't gap close or can't execute. And it's just the dumbest thing ever. And I'm like, okay, I'm switching to my werewolf. Like, you know. Yeah, the I'm... game shouldn't be in a position where you have to do that. You have to play only a werewolf just to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very frustrating. But And, and also, that's just you trying to adapt to the situation because you still want to play the game you still want to have fun with your friends but now in order for you to do that you have to play a class that is unique in its own way just to get through the game in the poor condition that it's in unbelievable yeah, yeah. so it's just been uh very frustrating you know it, normally i look forward to the imperial city events because for me i feel like it's home and it's going to be um, an opportunity to have people come to our home and experience it. Maybe they like it, you know. Um, they come to Imperial City and they're like, you know what, this isn't half bad. But people were coming there and they're like, <laughs> you know, testing's going on in uh, testing's going on in Cyrodiil, and they come to Imperial City and gap closers executes and all this stuff isn't working or whatever and pvpers are like there's nowhere safe to go <laughs> yeah so oh boy you think it's a good idea for me to share my vampire idea or should i save it for a future date uh, vampire yeah let's hear it i've got uh, about 12 minutes before i have to head to a training session okay so my my vampire idea was Kind of how werewolf, the werewolf passive, when you have a group of werewolves, you get, I think, what, what is it? Ultimate or your werewolf duration cost is reduced so you can stay in the werewolf longer. Kind of make it similar to that with the vampire, but make it based on, I think, in a lot of vampire movies like twilight or underworld it's family oriented and it kind of matters who actually turned you into a vampire so coven, right. a, co a coven so for example if grim turns me into a vampire and we're in the same group we now have some passive call it the coven i don't know make it up and when we're when you're in a when two vampires part of the same family are in a group give them some benefit where it's say uh, the vampire the whole vampire tree is increase your cost well when you're when you're when you're hunting with your family 
why don't you reduce the you get the benefits of a stage four if you're in stage four but now the costs are reduced to a stage three but guess what now we have another person that you turned in the group and also it's lineage wise so if grim turns me into a vampire and then i turn somebody else into a vampire and now that person now we have like a grandpa the father and the son that's all part of the same bloodline now the three of us were all stage four vampires but now because there's three of us in the group we only get the costs of stage two and again do this again for add another vampire that's part of our bloodline it'll it'll same way with the werewolves it'll just cap at four people so if we have more people in our group that are part of our family but go past four so five six seven we all get the benefits up to the four mark so now you have a bunch of stage four vampires running around with the with the cost with the negative cost of a stage one because we're a family now if you have your family but then you bring in some other vampire that's not part of your uh an outside an outside vampire that's not part of your family he doesn't benefit from the cost and neither do you so yeah. it, it actually matters who turns you in this scenario i think that would be kind of cool and also you know playing on that whole thing i'm, I'm not sure what the whole relationship is eso lore wise with werewolves and vampires but just taking it from again underworld or twilight whatever how they're ver you know it's always vampires versus werewolves if you bring a werewolf into your group they kind of cancel the passives out and it'll say something like you smell the stench of a werewolf is in your presence so you're not going to benefit from your passives so you can't just have a vampire and a werewolf in the same group together because they're going to contradict each other but something like that i thought it would be cool to help yeah. bring some liveliness to the vampires because if the because if werewolves you know they're hunting in their pack are stronger together why don't we kind of do the same with the vampires if they're with if, their coven if they're with their coven yeah so, I, thought I, it was love a cool idea. Idea. I also think i don't know what the lore for eso vampire versus werewolf if that's if, even a thing if it is even a thing but if you watch underworld and you watch uh movies like that uh werewolves at one point were slaves to vampires or they were guardians to vampires. While the vampires slept during the day, the werewolf, werewolves would protect them and keep them their, them concealed or keep them safe. And then something happened where they rebelled. And then uh, Underworld ha has its own other story. But what if you... How many vampires do you see right now in the game? Like people mm -hmm. running around as a uh, blood scion. One out of every... 50 or something it's very small percentage it's super small percentage right and it's because it how many werewolves do you see right now oh rampant rampant bunch of they're strays rampant. everywhere there's strays everywhere spreading rabies and stuff <laughs> so i think that maybe they should follow a little bit of that um vampire verse werewolf i think whenever a vampire whenever a werewolf and vampire are fighting the werewolf should get a debuff even if it's minor fracture or whatever, and it should be a debuff called subservient, you know? And I like werewol that a lot. werewolves are always at a disadvantage when fighting a vampire. If you want more people to play as a vampire, give them 
things that make them feel more powerful in that regard. You have a werewolf that if the practitioner or the user of the werewolf knows how to, they can stay in werewolf form indefinitely. Granted, you only have access to one action bar, but that one action bar has everything you need from defiles to gap closers to burst heals to uh, debuffs to stuns. It has everything they need in their kit, right? Right. Vampires have an ultimate that you can go into this rampaging scion lord but you can have access to all your other vampire or all the other abilities in the game so maybe you can't stay in that scion form forever but they need to figure something out that makes vampire an absolutely terrifying thing because right now if i'm running around in imperial city by myself and i see a werewolf i would prefer not to fight them than fight them you know unless i'm on my witcher or somebody that has a lot of disease or poison damage and then it's like you know let's go pooch but (laughs) i think vampires need need something and i think that that's a really cool subservient could you imagine if it were a stacking debuff like oh yeah if you have your coven with you if you got your coven with you that freaking werewolf is dead you know like minor fracture times four yeah, we'll say up to four, just so it doesn't get ridiculous if you got like 10, 20 stacks of minor fracture on. Right. So. And that's... would the, would the werewolf need to be transformed into the werewolf, or just be have have the blood of a werewolf inside of him? The werewolf gets plus fifteen percent to to stamina with the werewolf on its ultimate bar. It should it should also get debuffs while mm. in human form. It's yeah, nice. so it, so yeah, okay. If you're gonna have the benefits of it, even if you're in human form, you should kind of like when people steal Superman's powers, or they they take his blood and use it for whatever. You did you think you weren't gonna get the weaknesses, the kryptonite? Right. So, yeah, that makes sense. You get all the benefits and all the po- positives and none of the negatives. No. Right. Right. Cool. So I think we can wrap this up. Any last words or anything yeah. for next week? So I'm interested to hear what everybody has to say about not trying to be negative with uh, with this episode, just trying to be real. Okay. And if you're that, having... That's a good way to put it. Yeah. If you're having problems with gap closers, you're having problems with bar swapping, you're having problems with these things, I'd like to hear about it in the descriptions below. By chance, um, I was told by a friend, Dan, um, Dan has a YouTube channel as well. And Dan said, you know, Zoss, Zoss had seen my YouTube channel as small as it was. And he said, I have no doubt that they're they're going to see, you know, they're definitely going to see your podcast for sure. If that's the case, I would like them to see the voice of what's happening and what people are experiencing in Imperial City and Cyrodiil right now. Talk about what your experiences are in PvP. And then I want you to be cognitive of the fact that whatever changes they decide to go with and the AoE changes at some point are going to carry over to PvE world. So if you're a pve and you think that this is funny, what's happening in the game, the joke is on you. This is actually going to affect you at some point. There's no way around it. It will. And so I want 
if you're a PVE or I want to hear what your thoughts are about this, if you had to operate with these global cooldowns and, and play with it. And there might be some people that'll say it's whatever, you know, but so I want to hear what everybody's uh, what they're running into and what their experiences are. And then if you have an idea for next week's episode, uh, oh, we've got Grim Hollow next week. And uh, I've got a funny announcement that I'll do separately for that, letting everybody know. But uh, Is that a official confirmation? Last he and I spoke, he said he'd be good and we can record on Wednesday or whatever day we need to. So, okay, awesome. Yeah. yeah, and he said he's game to talk about whatever content we want to talk about. It could be the AOE changes, update uh, 28 here. Uh, it could be about just Nightblade its class and kind of what he's seeing in trends and uh things like that so he's game for whatever yeah and i guess for the people listening if you have any questions you would like us to ask grim hollow please comment below yeah that's all we got thanks awesome, awesome. and uh thanks for listening guys have a good night see ya you're gonna say bye bye argonians bye bye Ragonians.